We're live. I have the, the, the patented Harvey Z intro. What crazy thing have you done? I I actually have something to talk about in the sense uh -oh. of it's another spicy Harvey Z take, if you will. <laughs> More so in the sense of like. Are we yeah. talking like spicy mustard or spicy chili? Spicy like... mustard. You're you're right in the right. It's it's more condiment talk from your friend Atma and Harvey Z. <laughs> oh, like gosh. this is one where though it's even I'm a little bit shocked at myself. I'm a little bit surprised. Like maybe a young Harvey Z might be disgusted with myself. But I feel like you know as I get older. I have to like try new things, broaden my horizon, try things that maybe I hated as a child and like see what happens. Like you, you conceded that mustard was good. You admitted that Harvey Z was, as always, inevitably right. Uh, it is something where. <laughs> now, hold on a minute. Hold on. We're not going that far. We're not. I, I mean, inevitable. That That's. I like that. Inevitable. That's like. That's Thanos and the heat death of the universe. You've That's got where some I was going. Pretty, pretty like big company to live up to if you're going. You're, that far. you're picking up what I'm putting down right there. But now, here's one where even I, I would have been a young Atma challenging old Harvey Z. Young, no, current Harvey Z. Young Harvey Z would challenge old Harvey Z. What's your take on horseradish? Um, I found it disgusting up until like three weeks ago yeah like i i don't really like horseradish i think it's unfair to the horses mm. you know beating them up and like mincing them into the ground and combining them with radishes like it just it feels like it, it's not oh, very I, safe. I thought you were going a whole different way with that you, <laughs> you went with the simple way and not the old-timey folksy remedy that i'm thinking of do you know the old-timey folksy remedy no. I think this is, I, I don't even want to Google this, but like if you had like a horse back in the day and you were like, I guess in the Kentucky Derby or you're trying to like breed the horse and show like it's a virile, like energetic horse, you're supposed to like shove horseradish up its butt. Oh my God. And like it freaks out the horse apparently. And like, it's is that why they call it horseradish? I, I could swear that I'm wrong. Like, and I'm never wrong. Radish, horse butt. I'm just Googling. <laughs> horseradish hor why is horseradish called horseradish that is the first thing when you google horseradish horse butt ah okay i i i stand corrected it was ginger up a horse's bum ah okay i like that the google question what is the uh why is a horseradish called a horseradish the other person said it it's made from radishes and horses like what you said that's not true. It's a radish that, when unearthed, looks like a horse's head. There you go. Oh, okay. So it just looked like a horse. Yes. It. And it was, sorry, so ginger is what you stick up a horse to like. So they should actually call it ass ginger then. No, that's just, no, well, that's normal ginger. Actually, the, the, the image that comes along with the ginger discussion, somebody had way too much fun whittling. Um, <laughs> but getting back to horseradish. So like. As a child, found it disgusting. I don't understand the concept. I didn't know what you even, like, how do you eat this nasty food kind of a thing? And then on a whim, Harvey Z being Harvey Z and a man of science, I just bought a giant bottle of horseradish. And then I had like, it in my okay, house. Okay, can, can I? Yeah. I just, I need to question your scientific method. Because if I'm going, like, I get it. 
I understand you want to try something that you've thought was bad this whole time. Yes. But why do you go with a giant bottle to begin with? Like, why not get like a small like taster to make? Because like if you don't like it, that's a big waste. Harvey Z is, if nothing, frugal. Big Money Z has been having some tough times, and buying in bulk is a way to save money. Just like giving okay. up avocado right. so toast. So, so it's buying in bulk yes. more so than getting a okay. All right, and so That's I fair. I bought a large bottle of horseradish, but again came the dilemma. I I Harvey Z's not going to look up recipes. What do I do with this now giant container of horseradish? So I've been sort of experimenting. The first time I tried it, yep, I agreed. It was terrible. It was awful. Um, it still tasted like the nasty thing from my youth. Except now, unlike young Harvey Z, I've eaten wasabi, and I'm like. This seems wasabi adjacent. Maybe I can like incorporate this because I've grown to like wasabi. So mm-hmm. I've now just started. I, I don't know. Like, I guess, hey, readers out there or listeners, send me your horseradish recipes for stuff to eat with horseradish. I've just started mixing it in mayo and putting it on sandwiches because Harvey Z loves a good fucking sandwich. And okay, I'm over the course of like the last two weeks. Maybe it's like inoculating myself slowly to where i'm like yeah you know horseradish in my sandwich it's okay and i find myself eating a normal sandwich and then going you know what this is missing something that certain pungent burning taste how do i uh (laughs) how do i do it i'll put some horseradish in it and then it becomes this sort of like experimental thing where i'm like at what point is it too much horseradish and so i'm slowly just dosing myself with like more and more horseradish to see how much i can take this is going to lead to a bad end. Like young Harvey Z, science Harvey Z, all the rest of the Harvey Z's know this is a bad idea because there's going to come a day <laughs> I'm going to eat some bread with nothing but horseradish and cheese and meat and no mayonnaise, no mustard, no other condiments. And I hope I like it by then. You're, you're, I, uh... So yeah, you should try some horseradish, Atma. <laughs> That's the takeaway. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with Harvey Z in the place to be. Here's yours. I'm just going to move right into it. We don't need to dwell on old horseradish. Wait, old horseradish? <laughs> I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh okay. Um so we got I don't know if it's a lot to cover uh so much as there's just stuff we want to talk about and I want to make sure we get to everything because the Z has questions. The Z has played a game. I have played a game and there's been some interesting drama going on. So spin the wheel. Let's, uh, what what would you like to tackle first? Hmm. Let's start with the Z has questions. Because I do. (laughs) You have questions? I guess. I mean, so you were, we were talking and you were like, yeah, so I have questions I want to ask you about some of these games that I saw in this Nintendo Direct. This is true. But I, I... I started eating horseradishes and I've forgotten my questions <laughs> for the past week. Ah, the life of Harvey Z where a simple plant can 
distract you from all of life's problems. I wish. I wish I had your mind sometimes. I, I, what you just said, I, I wish there was a simple plant that could distract you from all of life's problems. It's not, it's not horseradish there. But uh, I think there's plenty of people out there, a few listeners, who would totally say they have a... a special plant. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so why don't we go over the stuff that was announced in the Direct. Yes. Uh, there, there was a Direct and a PlayStation State of Play in the same day. Mm-hmm. And both of them talked about a lot of upcoming releases within like the next year. So some new games, some old games with some updates. We'll start with the big one, which I well, so there's two big ones that I assume your main questions were from, but uh, we'll see. So the first one is they uh, have titled the Breath of the Wild two. Uh, it is called The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, and is this so? I of course did no research. I just saw on the internet slash Twitter. People are talking about this game, but I didn't watch any of the videos or anything like that. Because, again, if I'm interested in it, I don't want to be spoiled by it. But thus, that leads me to, like, what is this game about? I mean, that's a good question. Because if you watch the trailer, you still wouldn't be spoiled. Like, they have given very little info as to what's going on. It's a Zelda game, so, like, it's not very plot-heavy to begin with. Like, Zelda games... You know, it's usually about like the dungeons and especially Breath of the Wild. Like there is sort of like an overarching story, but it's mm-hmm. more in sort of the Dark Soulsy, where it's just like there and it's not really the driving point of playing the game. There, There's not a lot of information like there's some sort of like going to be some sort of like floating islands and like flying mechanic. It seems like based on like the 30 seconds of what they showed. Uh, but yeah, that's all that they were, the big reveal was the title and the fact that it's going to release on May 12th next year is the, is the estimated release date. A good amount of time for me to play other games before I like, because even that I'm like, is this a day one purchase owning kind of a thing? I'm, I'm liking, I'd like to think, no, I want to hold back because I still need to beat the original Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Yeah, you still need to do that. I mean, I think that was one of the first games I got for the uh, the Switch. I'm I'm not sure if it was, but it was definitely one of the ones that you like got on your own without me even yeah. prompting you. And then I was just like suddenly surprised, like, yeah, I've been in a Breath of the Wild hole for two weeks. And I was like, oh, that's new. So, but th- that isn't jogging any questions. Well, so the main question I think I had was actually it because you might actually know the answer to this. I remember when I was playing Breath of the Wild and there were rumors of a next Zelda game coming out that it was going to be a prequel to Breath of the Wild. But I think they did that with that weird Calamity game, right? Yes, that one is technically a prequel, I think. So this one might not be a prequel, but might be a sequel or presumably it's not happening in the same timeline at the same time, but like a sequel then, I guess it would be called. We have no idea, like literally no idea. They they have not revealed anything like up until like a week ago. We didn't even have the title. So, yeah, they, there's they're playing this very close to the vest. And so a lot of people have been theorizing why they aren't showing anything. Oh, God. One of the theories I like is that you're going to play as Link, Zelda, and Ganon in this one, and not just as Link the whole time. 
And so they're trying to save that as a surprise. That would be cool in my book. Um, Playing as Ganon? Yeah, or, or Zelda. I mean, Zelda, it makes sense. You've never, you don't play as Zelda in any previous Zelda game? Uh, no, I think the only time you've really played as her is as Sheik yeah. in Zelda and Smash Brothers. Like, huh. in the actual games, I think Cadence of Hyrule, I think you can play as Zelda, but that's another, like, spinoff. None of the main ones you've ever played as anyone other than Link. I was about to say, they should make a Zelda game with, like, all the little Links, like the baby Link and all the other Links in a game. I don't know why or what the plot would be, but Zelda's just like links to the past so, or links to the future. I mean, that those are already games. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, not what you described, but the titles. The title. Yeah, that was all yeah. I was going for was puns. Yeah, no, no puns. Uh, so then the other thing they announced uh, was Fire Emblem en- Engage, which yes. is a weird title. Why? I like it. I mean, it, it's, it's... It's punchy. Engage. It, it's just... It, it's, it's a verb. It's evocative. Yeah, but it's a verb. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't feel right. Because, like, all, the other ones, it's, it's like, Fire Emblem, Radiant Dawn, Fire Emblem, Awakening, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, like, Fire Emblem, The Sacred Stones. Fire Emblem Engage, it sounds like... I don't know, like it's a one of those like 3D moving attractions at Disneyland or something. Like, have you been on Fire Emblem Engage yet? I See, I go two different ways. I go one, like the Star Trek, like Engage Warp Drive or something. So I'm like Fire Emblem Engage. Or I go with, wasn't there a game system called the Engage? The Engage, yes. Yes, the Engage. Yeah, I know. well, I guess that was a Nintendo system, so Nintendo using Fire Emblem Engage is totally fine. No, it's not. It was not a, a Nintendo system at all. Damn it. What? Why, why would you think that? It has an N in it. So Nintendo has a trademark on N? Yeah, so PlayStation has like the PSN or P at least, and like Xbox has X. Like there are letter copyrights here. The Engage was developed by Nokia. Which also starts with an N. They don't even make video games. It was a smartphone combining the features of a phone and a handheld game system. Like, that was the whole point of it. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of the thing that you put over your eye and it was all green and, like, lines and stuff, like 80s style. Do you that know was I'm... the Virtual Boy, and that was red. Okay. I thought that was the Engage. Okay. What the fuck is an Engage? <laughs> a Nokia phone with a game? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> But yes, so Fire Emblem Engage, I was a little bit disappointed in the sense of once I realized like, oh, Fire Emblem, that's the franchise that created like the three houses or the three schools kind of thing. And this isn't a sequel to that. And Yeah, it, I mean, so every Fire Emblem is basically a standalone. I think the only time they've done like a direct sequel was the Path of Radiance and Radiance Dawn or Radiant Dawn on the GameCube and Wii mm-hmm. with like Ike. Because that... Like, aren't, don't characters reoccur through the series? Like, I thought there was a uh, storyline of some sort. Not really. Uh, they often have, like, guest characters show up. Or, like, it'll be, like, non-canon sort of DLC where, like, a portal will open and Marth steps through and you can recruit him or something like that. It's not really 
like everything is taking place in the same universe sort of idea. However, it's funny that we're talking about this because that is sort of the the special thing of this game is the engage feature oh. which is the the main hero like who what the byleth of this one you know the player avatar mm-hmm. has this power that is it's like it, it's it like an engagement ring or something and they can summon heroes from the other games to fight alongside them in the trailer there was marth and byleth and I think they showed Lynn from I think she's from Sacred Stones and then there's uh Celica and I don't I don't know but they went from three houses uh Byleth it seems like it's going to mainly be the the hero characters the lords the ones who are like the main characters uh-huh. uh from the different games and obviously like it has taken stuff from three houses. Like it looks like there's like a base you walk around and stuff like that. So I'm not entirely sure how it's going to compare to three houses in terms of like that replayability of like every house has its own storyline sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like it's going to include that sort of base building mechanic where you can like hang out with your your friends slash uh, child soldiers that are, you know, part of whatever plot is going on in the game. That, if we could do that, that would appeal to me. Because I was like, Three Houses really had everything I wanted in it. Like, I, that's why I'm like, oh, a sequel to Three Houses, where I get to have a bunch of child soldiers and students and watch them in their daily lives. Like, But I realized that's probably not Fire Emblem as a whole, the series. Yeah, like, it. Fire Emblem has taken some, like, really weird roads to get where it is, like... Three Houses was definitely the first that really had that sort of base building and like hangout time. A lot of the previous Fire Emblems, you could witness conversations between characters the same way you do in Three Houses, but they're basically just like static screens where you Mm -hmm. see the dialogue and that's it. Like you don't really walk around and hang out and like most of the stat building and like putting people there's not that like teaching them in classes it's just you go into a menu and you you know use an item to make their stats grow or they level up from fighting that's all that added sort of bonus fun stuff from three houses was unique to three houses but then it seems like engage is going to use that in some way Hmm. so it's a Again, not a must-have, but a wait-and-see for Harvey Z. I, I, I mean, it's, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Like, I, I've liked every... Well, I didn't really like Conquest, but Conquest, they went too far. Um, but I've mo- liked most every Fire Emblem I've played. Okay. And then other things from the uh, Direct... I think it's yeah. The so there's other things from the direct. Uh, let's see. So they announced Octopath Traveler two, which is more for me than you. I, I mean, I've been told by you that I would like Octopath. Uh, I mean, it, it's like a JRPG, very straightforward see, sort of. Uh, thing. I was going to say, if it's more tactics, I would have enjoyed it. Probably like a triangle strategy, but so you're no. saying it's not that way. No, it, it's more of like 
the regular Final Fantasies and not like the Final Fantasy tactics. Like Ooh, I... Triangle Strategy was that. Okay. Um, and so the original Octopath Traveler was more of geared towards like the the other Final Fantasies, like the more mainline ones. Got it. Uh, the old school. Yeah, I think I'm realizing because I I think younger me I I thought I liked Fire or Final Fantasy and all of those things, but I realized I just like the tactics games, not JRPGs. Okay. Um, there was the Dragon Ropa game, Dragon Roper. Dragon Ropa. <laughs> yes. There, so it's not actually Danganronpa. It there, so it's by the people who made Danganronpa, and it clearly has its art style and sort of like the weirdness. Uh, it's called Master Detective Archive Rain Code. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming if there's multiple in the series, it'll be the Master Detective Archive series, and then like the subtitle will be what changes. I'm really excited about it, actually. Like I know nothing really? about it. That's why I had a lot. This is the thing I remember now that I had questions about because all I knew was exactly what you introduced there, and maybe like the picture that they had to display it. Like, I don't know what type of game it is, what style, the art picture I've seen of, like, I guess, not cover art, but whatever they use to unveil it. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, what the fuck is this? All I know <laughs> is that, like, I know you like, I'm going to keep, unfortunately, calling it, like, Dragon Roper because it's funny to me. Uh, but, like, <laughs> the problem for me with that was, like, I was like, oh, you like this. I think there was a manga about it. There's all this stuff that's related to that world. But it's one of those things where it's, like, there's so much lore I don't really want to approach it sort of like kingdom hearts in a way where I'm like, it's too much. I can't get into this, but this thing sounds like it's completely new and there's no preset lore. That is correct. And honestly, like if the amount of lore is what's driving you away, you really shouldn't think that of Danganronpa because like, there's really not that much. Like you can start with the first game and like, there's only three games and it's not that hard. It's really not. But so this one isn't. Let me see if I can phrase this right. Danganronpa, which you can listen to me and Jose talk about it with a bunch of spoilers. We did that as a guest episode a couple episodes back while you were on vacation. Mm-hmm. This is for partly for you, partly for listeners, just in case they missed it. It's sort of like a mystery where like somebody dies and then you have to figure out who the murderer is in like sort of like a trial scenario and the way it sort of switches up the gameplay Uh is that during the trial you have like god what do they call them something bullets uh basically where like you have the information you use and you shoot at people's statements to prove them wrong basically truth bullets and so Yeah, and so, like, you shoot at people's lies to break the lies, and then there's, like, mini-games and stuff where you're trying to, like, figure out the right answer to a question, and it'll be, like, this weird, like, word-matching mini-game, or, like, you're you're driving a car down a highway and picking the right lanes to go into to pick the right, you know, answers to the questions. And so, like, it makes it that sort of, like, trial mystery format into a little more like hands-on action is this um, something that like is this like a type of genre like what you're describing to me i'm i've not heard of games like this before in a way yeah yeah like danganronpa is pretty unique in that sense and so rain code 
looks like it's bringing that sort of like weird, unique actionness to something like Phoenix Wright, uh-huh. where like you're a detective and you instead of like being in the middle of it and like trying to figure out who the murderer is out of you know like the other people stuck in this murder game with you you're a detective and you come to a murder scene and you like have to pick up all the clues at the murder scene and then you have to like track down the murderer and there's all these like mini games and like bosses and stuff you have to fight and like use the information you've gotten from like your investigation to solve this particular murder at least that's what i got from the trailer and so it seems like it's like a take on Phoenix Wright where like Phoenix Wright is you gather all the information and do all the interviews and then you go into the courtroom and you present evidence and it's very straightforward sort of like back and forth like the prosecutor argues and tries to prove you wrong where you have to back up your theories with evidence and you have to find the right evidence in your inventory and it's very much sort of a point and click adventure type game. And you're just sort of like picking the right things. And it's not like super action oriented. Whereas this one, you're finding that evidence and then you're like dodging like attacks from a boss or something as you're shouting objection or whatever. I think so. Like part of me is like, do I still want this game? Because this was the one that I was most excited about. And now I'm like just confused. <laughs> and like, Welcome to Dankenrampa. That's you're confused a lot here. Because, like, I will say, the only picture I saw was that intro cover thing where it's, like, the detective guy. I think this is it. It's just there's a detective guy. There's, like, a cutesy, weird sperm thing flying. And then there's, like, this hot upside-down chick. And I was, like, (laughs) hot upside-down chick. I'm sold. I'm sold. But maybe I should think about this more. (laughs) Yeah, all all you want is the hot upside-down chick part of it, huh? Yes, I think so. Okay. But maybe, oh, uh, maybe there's good. plenty of games on the Switch for that. If that's all you're looking. I mean, for. I, if I remember when I was originally looking at the Switch, you were dissuading me from those. I mean, if you want to try those, feel free. I'd love to like hear about some of those games on the podcast, like an honest opinion of them. But I, I, I don't think I think uh, there would be people who would be upset with me just playing those <laughs> types of games now. <laughs> but for research for science see i i like to say that but uh i i i can lie to myself that way and that's totally fine it's what i have to do it to other people they don't they don't believe harvey z as much on that sort of a thing <laughs> like this is totally research it's i was i was just cleaning it mom <laughs> okay so a couple other things just just as like a wrap up uh, they showed a little bit more of Sparks of Hope, which comes out next month and I'm sure is on the list already. Uh, they announced a new Theatrhythm. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Theatrhythm is a sort of a music rhythm game that uses Final Fantasy characters and is basically all video game music uh, from Square. So like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger live alive that sort of thing Mm -hmm. uh and it's a new one for the switch and it has a whole bunch of music and looks interesting to me and i might pick that up uh but i don't think that'll be big for you because you don't care about video game music no not at all uh harvestella has a demo that one's like it's like a it's stardew valley but a jrpg where you like fight things 
it's not pixel it's not like sprite pixel work it, it's like a full 3d anime looking shit cool for people who like farming sims i have you tried stardew valley i have i've played stardew valley i haven't gotten i've gotten probably a third of the way into the game like mm-hmm. i haven't beaten it or gotten deep in i hear there's like a combat and stuff i haven't gotten to the combat gotcha um and yeah there's there was some other stuff oh while we're on the question theme i do have another video game question but it's unrelated probably to the switch all right then let's wait okay um and then over to the ps4 and ps5 uh, on the state of play the main thing i wanted to talk about was like a dragon ishin and it, it's basically a yakuza spinoff and so that so like like a dragon has been a better translation of what the series is actually called in japan but they called it the yakuza series back when they first started porting them over to the u.s because they thought it would draw in more people because it sounded better but like yakuza is such a little part of what actually happens in these games now that it's kind of weird to call it that so after they read titled yakuza 7 or like a dragon 7 i guess to yakuza like a dragon now they're doing another shift and they're calling the series going forward as like a dragon 8 and like a dragon ishin and this one looks really cool because it's instead of taking place in modern day it sort of takes place in like feudal japan not feudal japan either because there's like a sword and a gun Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It looks cool. I really liked the JRPG of uh, Like a Dragon. I'm not as big a fan of the other Yakuza games. I've tried playing Yakuza 0 like two or three times, and I just can't get into the brawler aspect of the gameplay. But the combos and like using a sword and a gun at the same time in Ishin sounds like it'll be up my alley. So I'm interested to to try that once it comes over next year. Okay, next year. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it's next year. Like all the stuff was announced was pretty much next year. Like they uh they, they we got a cool new uh story trailer for God of War Ragnarok which comes out in November. I was super go- disappointed to see that. See that. But that's purely <laughs> because of the uh our side competition thing. I was hoping it wouldn't release this year. Yeah, and Midnight Suns is still releasing this year, thank God. <sighs> I know. So yeah, so got, that that delay, like I was like, oh no! And then they reannounced it for December, and I was like, Phew, it's still still getting in there under the wire. Um, okay, so what's your question? Oh, so I've been seeing this again, like meme wise on the internet. You actually just tweeted about it as well. What the fuck is this trombone hero? <laughs> is that real? It's called Trombone Champ. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, okay. Is it real? That's my question. It is. It is absolutely real. It is just your. It's Guitar Hero, but it's a trombone, and it's like unique because it's not just like you're hitting four buttons to play the note. Like the entire scale is replicated when you're playing, and so like if you miss notes, you still play the note whatever you missed. So like you and because it's a trombone, it has that slide effect. So like if you hold down the button, it's basically like you're blowing in the trombone and then you move up and down and then you let go and, you know, to take a breath or whatever. What do you play it on? 
you can play it. You play it on the PC. Okay. It's, it's a mouse and keyboard game. It's, it, there's not a, a plastic trombone you buy with it. That's why I, these are my questions. <laughs> no, it's just like a basically a rhythm game where you like hold down the mouse button and like go up and down to match the key or whatever is is on the screen but it just leads to these very hilarious video segments because if you miss like it's still playing the notes of the trombone so you get all these (laughs) like as people are trying to like hit the right note because they like move the mouse to try and get it in the right direction and it's it's great it's i don't think it has particularly lasting value beyond like the next week or two if it has like a robust modding community and they like just start putting in random songs, it might last a while <laughs> longer. Uh, I feel like it sort of will wear out its welcome eventually, but I've seen enough clips of it that I've like laughed every time just because of how unique and funny it is just to hear them like people trying to play like the William Tell Overture with a trombone. Gotcha. <laughs> it's great. Okay. So we did the questions. We went over the direct and the uh, state of play. Now let's go to Harvey Z's state of play because I got you to play a game. I purchased a game. Didn't. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, you dragged me kicking and screaming into actually playing this game. And then it turns out I enjoyed it. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, it was Inscription, I believe is the name of the game. Yes. Yes. Apparently in June it uh, switched over to the Mac finally. And so you discovered that. You let me know. And then you creepily watched me play. <laughs> yes, I did. I I really wanted to just watch your reactions. This is a great game to get reactions from. Um, in, in case you missed it, Inscription was the game that I wrote an article about on Uppercut Crit uh earlier this year at the beginning of the year actually for their end of year letter series i've mentioned it several times on the podcast now uh Ooh, i can go back and probably read it because now i am um, not spoiler- yet not yet not yet okay not yet okay. just I, I would finish the game first before you read it gotcha um but yeah no I, i'm i, I want to hear your thoughts like i've heard some of them already because <laughs> i was watching you play it like you said but i mean it was it was a weird game in the sense of so as I think you had mentioned, there's more than one layers to the game. And like, it's not just, I guess, a deck building roguelike, which is how you sort of got me into it. But I knew that going into it, there was probably other stuff. And like, yeah, there was a puzzle and you'd like to use the escape room aspect description and such. And you kind of see how I play those things, which is to say, I like deck building roguelikes because you can't really like, you can hack the game sort of in the way of like creating weird powerful combos and decks but that's the whole point of a deck building game uh when there's other stuff like puzzles and stuff i like to brute force i like to mess around and sometimes i get lucky with things and so i could see that like you're watching me play in those sorts of ways so i had access to things that perhaps i didn't get by the right way and such or the oh i solved the puzzle or i got the clue down the road where i was just like I wonder if these magical numbers will show up. And if I just enter in random combinations like (laughs) 420 or like 69, 69, will this work? Or midnight, 11 o'clock, those sorts of things. Sometimes they work. Yeah, you did get something completely randomly while I was watching. 
just because you were messing around with it. And then there was, I was actually trying to solve puzzles and like, this is a thing I do do with puzzles where I was like, oh, you have to set up certain pieces in a certain way. And I didn't necessarily know how it worked, but when I don't know that, sometimes I'll work backwards where I'm like, I'll just, especially if you get unlimited tries, I'll be like, I'll plug this in. And it's like, my result was 10. What if I change this one thing? I'm now seven. I don't know how it's changed the numbers, but I'll just keep <laughs> plugging and chugging until I get closer and closer to like six or whatever. And that sometimes works. Yeah. I mean, you did eventually solve it. And then you had, you went back and were like, I still don't get it. I'm going to tr keep trying this. Yeah. Until I get it. And then finally I was like, do you want me to just tell you? Yeah, because I had solved the puzzle, but I didn't understand the puzzle. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that's that's a whole thing. that That's a style of play that I will do with puzzle games. Uh, otherwise, though, I really, it was creepy. It was atmospheric. I got that sort of a thing. Still a little bit annoyed that like in my second run through, I think it was, where I actually designed a super powerful, ridiculous deck in my second run through. And then the game was just basically like, fuck you. <laughs> and like at like i guess it was the was it the trapper and it just yes, like fucked me over yeah. with the board where it was an unwinnable condition but it was because i was kicking so much ass in the game that the game so just... i will say this yeah i have seen streamers beat the unwinnable condition Ooh. like if you have a, a the right setup you can still get through and and managed to win against the, the grizzly army like i have seen it done but you're not supposed to like the whole point is that you're supposed to die it, and th that shows up when you've gotten too far like it kind of like almost tutorially mm -hmm. in a way it actually messes up the game if you beat them that would be interesting i'd be curious because in a way of like where yeah like, can you beat the game if you opened it up and played it for the first time kind of a thing? Can you beat it on the first run through? Uh, the answer is no. Okay. No streamer has done that or speed run it. Yeah, that you have to, the certain things have to happen for you to progress. And if you win out of the gate, those things don't happen. Gotcha. So it's, it's interesting, but yeah. Yeah. And so I... I played it, then later I ended up, it was a good enough game that basically like the next day or the day after, I started playing it on my own independently as well. Um, I will say, so yes, as you've alluded to, I haven't beaten the game. I sort of feel like I'm, I don't I think I'm more than halfway, but like, I don't even want to spoil like how it is, but I've, like I've, I've beaten and... I've, yeah, we'll have a full spoiler yeah. for, for the whole thing once you've finished it. Give me, um, give me a and, little bit and of we'll, time. we'll like block off the section so like people can experience it on their own if they want to but i i do recommend it it is quirky there is a moment for other harvey z uh look-alike people out there uh you do have to turn around at some point but as atma said nothing happens if you like i don't this is why i'm like why the fuck was it in the game other than it seems like a fuck with harvey z sort of a thing where <laughs> i had the ability to turn around and all I'm supposed to do actually in this like 3D perspective is just walk in a straight line. But because you give me the ability to turn around and like, I think you were just listening. You weren't watching at that point, but you right, could just yeah, probably hear just me listening. like screaming over and over and over. <laughs> like as I turn around expecting a jump scare and there was no jump scare. I, I And I told you ahead of time. I, I, you so I didn't times. believe you because that's what you would say to somebody when there's a jump scare and you don't want to spoil it. That, look, 
if I, I know you and I don't want to get punched in the face. So like I if I say there aren't any jump scares, there aren't any jump scares. Yeah. Although there was actually that was really clever. You were there for that one where I probably started screaming because there wasn't a jump scare from behind, but it came up in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And that was the thing. I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I will say, as terrified as I was, it was fun to play through and kind of experience all of that. And that's why I highly recommend the game. It was totally a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's still a lot of it's, fun. It's still a lot of fun. You still got yeah. some time to put into it. But okay. So since you've been playing a game, I have also been playing a game. And it's a game that I think you want to hear about a little bit because it involves our good friend Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Yes. <laughs> A game that you had counterpicked and said would be terrible. You counterpicked my choice on this one. I'd I mean, like to know. I did, and I still I got the points for it. Like it didn't review well. People um, don't know what. The, let's listen then to the Atma review because fuck the other critics and stuff. <laughs> Is this game worth more than two points that they gave me? So I'm not entirely sure yet. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not bad. The the dialogue and everything, like, it doesn't get better. So, so like, chaos, they, they mention chaos way too much. Everything is chaos. They do sort of, I, I'm, I'm at the third level of the game right now. And honestly, like, they did sort of give a reason as to why they keep talking about chaos. Okay. So, like, there is, like, a story beat sort of thing that that comes up it's like one of those logs that you find sitting around that you can read uh so there is sort of an explanation for it i think this this game would just function better if they scaled back on anything and like i know like it's like a final fantasy game so like they want to have the jrpg plot along with it in some way but if this game functioned a little more like souls where like the story was sort of a background to what was happening in the game. I think it would work a lot better. I have no attachment to the characters whatsoever. The The dialogue is... It, it vacillates between really over the top, so it's hilarious, and like so boring that like I'm, I just like pull out my phone when there's like plot happening. Ooh, but uh, isn't it, it supposed to be, is it tongue in cheek? Does it take itself seriously or is it meant to be like a wink and a nod? I can't tell. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those where like it could go either way. I think it wants to be serious, but it can't be no matter how hard it tries. Like there's this one scene, like they grunt so much <laughs> and it's just like, it'll cut between like, all the party members and they'll go, uh, 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 uh. like, and it's like, it's like watching like a bunch of cavemen try to figure something out with subtitles going like grunt puzzled. grunt. No, 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 there's no subtitles, but like, it does like the camera zoom, you know, where it'll like go in to like accentuate what they're doing. So it'll like zoom on and in on it and he'll go, uh, mm. and then we'll go to someone else and it'll zoom out and it'll go, uh, and then it'll go zoom in and it'll go, uh, you know, like, I don't know. It, it was, it's not good. Like that part is not good, but I'm having a lot of fun with the actual gameplay, which I mean, it would fall apart if it wasn't for that, but they did a really good job of like sort of porting the final fantasy ish jobs and 
different styles of gameplay into like a Souls action RPG type uh, game. Wait, is this the Dark Souls of Final Fantasy? Like, I, it's, it's getting there. It's not 100% that, just by nature of the fact that they have so many different classes and the way the classes work. Like, I'm, I'm playing mostly as a mage, uh, and, like, the way the spells work are really cool, and it gives you, as you, like, level up your classes, you unlock things like combos, and... Every class is connected to a weapon, and so you'll unlock an ability like whenever you use this attack, it gets, you know, a 15% boost. Um, Or, you know, whenever you use this weapon, you have a higher uh, guard defense. And so it's really interesting to, like, it in how it, like, lets you customize and, like, choose what class you want to use and you can have two classes equipped at any time and so you can like switch between them on the fly while you're attacking things okay and so i was running around for a little bit as just like a black mage and white mage where like i can like attack with a bunch of spells and then like boost myself or heal myself if i need to and then go back to attacking and then i was also running around with like a giant axe because that's another class is the marauder where you just like swing this giant ass axe at everything and then they have like the the god what do they call it i can't remember what they call it but you have like the two daggers it's like the proto thief rogue like a rogue class. Oh. It, it's not it's not called that it starts with a d and i cannot for the life of me remember what what it's called and i'm going to look it up right now just because it's really bothering me. The dervish, the the dagger nope. boy. Nope. I, I I am I'm really keep keep going. Okay. I, I want to hear, hear. Okay. Hear, I was hear. like dagger boy. See was if the you last can one. get it. The dancer. Nope. The uh, that wouldn't surprise me if it was in there somewhere. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I feel it like yet. that was in tactics to have the dancer. Uh, the the debonair or the 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 dasher nope. the duelist. Oh. I was going to get there at some point. That's a fantasy D word. Duelist, I, I think you might have gotten there, but yeah. Okay. I So you're enjoying it, sort of. I'm I'm enjoying it. Like, I, I haven't put it down yet. I'm interested to see how long the combat feels good. Because, like, there's, like, three levels of classes. There's, like, the basic classes. Uh, then there's advanced classes and then they're like a third level and i haven't gotten to the third level yet i've only unlocked the the higher mage classes so far i haven't unlocked anything else and so it feels like there's a lot of variety but also like once you find what you really like i'm not sure why you would want to switch so i'm interested to see if the game gives me a reason to like switch between all these different classes because they give you a lot there's like I think there's like eight basic classes, something like that, that you can you unlock with like the basic weapons. And then I think there's probably like eight to ten advanced and expert classes on top of that. It sounds like the so I'm thinking of, again, everything relates to a tactics game like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you had to play as like there was base jobs to unlock like more complex jobs and you needed to advance in like chemist or something for a while just so you could get like a cooler 
job class in a different skill tree, but you needed to have some levels of this other basic class or so. Right, yeah, yeah. It That's wasn't just you works. unlock A, you get B, then C, then D, but this was like, oh, in order to unlock D, you need to have two A and three Bs or something. Yeah, like, like for example, just one of the examples is there is a paladin class, which I think is one of the expert ones, and you need to have unlocked white mage and knight before you can unlock paladin but to unlock white mage you need to level up mage which is the base magic mm -hmm. class and to unlock knight you need to upgrade either swordsman or sword fighter which are surprisingly two different classes um see i really like that sort of a system that appeals to me a lot i don't know if i could stand the this game for just the job class i would hope that there are other cool games that have that sort of a system I'm sure there are, but yeah, it, it's, I, I like how Final Fantasy tends to use its job classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of something else off the top of my head though. I'm sure there are plenty though. I like having that sort of like job ability where you can mm -hmm. sort of like customize your character and choose how you want to play and that sort of thing. Yeah. I do like the idea in my head though. Like the designers of Final Fantasy were like, oh, this Dark Souls business, we got to get into it. How do we create the Dark Souls of Final Fantasy? What would that look like? And they're like, it would be a lot of new metal references. And so that's their <laughs> idea of like dark and gritty. It's just new metal. And so there hasn't been much new metal yet. There's the one scene where he's like, bullshit. Yes. And then he like turns his headphones on and then walks off. Uh, that's that's like, the only time that music has been played, though. See, that's where I'm like, I'm imagining the whole game is nothing but that. And if it was, then I'm like, this game is so fucking awesome. It's tongue-in-cheek, but it is Final Fantasy designers imagining Dark Souls and just being like, oh, dark and gritty Final Fantasy must be new metal. <laughs> Lip Biscuit is yes. dark and gritty. and Chaos. If I say <laughs> chaos 42 more times, I'll have said chaos. Anyway, yeah. I did it all for the chaos. What? The chaos. What? Okay. Um, so we're going to real quick end on talking about Twitch drama because Twitch drama is not super important, but also it's been going crazy. Like the last 48 hours have basically been completely off the rails for Twitch. Oh, I I don't know this and unless I did get a notice of like you can't gamble or something on Twitch anymore. That that was that was the end result, yes, of oh. of what happened. Okay. Where did this start? Like what led to suddenly Twitch cracking down on gambling? Okay. So the the I'm gonna try and summarize this as quick as possible, just because we're at the very end of the podcast and I don't wanna like mm -hmm get too deep into it but basically there is a category on switch called slots where basically they gamble on stream and a lot of there are some bigger streamers and some less big streamers but overall there is a community where some streamers will just like go to these uh crypto gambling websites and just play slots for their viewers for like 10 hours a day. And they will, they are sponsored by the slots. So they get like free money, so to speak. They're like playing with house money to like advertise. And they will drop large amounts of money and win and lose stuff 
pretty regularly. And so like a lot of people have been against this for a while because, you know, you have a lot of under 18 people watching these streams Mm -hmm. and young kids who, first of all, it's illegal for them to gamble, but then like these sort of predatory based out of non-extradition countries sort of like illegal in the u.s like so they're these websites are based in like other countries literally some of the streamers have moved to canada just so they can be allowed to like stream this because if you so there's like three states in the u.s that would allow you to stream gambling in the way that they are doing but like you're just watching someone else gamble or are you gambling yourself no they're they just they just gamble and play slots and do I don't know I've never watched it I don't even know like exactly what kind of gambling and like I'm like games I don't see the playing. big deal here yet it seems I boring mean, but that's about it of like I'm just gonna watch someone else gamble okay. but I mean it's promoting gambling gambling is its own addiction people have I mean isn't issues, it like isn't it you know, like and then like World promoting it to like twelve year olds okay okay I, I mean. I guess, is it because it's slots and not like poker or blackjack or something? Correct. Okay. Anyway, so... So it somehow came up on radar of Twitch. Basically what happened was one of... There was a one guy specifically named Sliker or Slicker. I don't know how... There's no C in it. So it's S-L-I-K-E-R. He basically got into debt. Like his gambling got out of hand because he did it both on stream and off stream Mm. and he lost a bunch of money. And so he started going to other Twitch streamers and other people in general uh, and I think sometimes to his chat, although I don't take take my word for that. um, I'm not entirely sure. Asking for money and all the Twitch streamers that thought he was doing it thought they were just asking one person privately for some help. And it turns out he was asking a whole bunch of people and wasn't paying anybody back and was getting even further in debt because he was using the money that he was asking for to gamble more. Ah, so we're watching somebody like virtually or online, like basically go down that bad rabbit hole that gambling can lead. Exactly. And so because this story started gaining traction the narrative of we shouldn't be having gambling on Twitch because it's not regulated in any way started getting traction again and people were talking about it. And so like the big streamers who did stream it and get, and got a lot of money from it because they were getting all the sponsorships and all the free house money to, to gamble on the sites. They were arguing obviously for it mm-hmm. for, but not very well because, you know, they don't really have a good leg to stand on. And then all the people, there were a bunch of big streamers who bring a lot of traffic who are like, we're going to strike and basically stop streaming during the peak times when Twitch gets the most money. Uh, we're going to like have like a, what what do they call them? Like sit down or I don't know, whatever. Point uh-huh. is they were going to sort of boycott twitch if they didn't do something about the gambling and then it got weird because i i don't really want to go too much into this because it's a real like touchy like bad subject and like long story short 
one big streamer tried to take on another big streamer, uh, the two the two biggest gambling streamers are XQC and Trainwreck, and one of their friends basically was like on the pro getting rid of gambling side, mm-hmm. and so they decided to muddy the waters and bring up the fact that that person was covering up for their friend who had sexually assaulted a couple other Twitch streamers. Oh, so people are now just throwing dirty laundry and, and Yeah, and so now dirty laundry is just being aired all over the place. Um, they were trying to distract from the gambling thing. And then people were like, well, this you knew about it, but we're just waiting to use it at a time when you thought it would be it would get you off the hook. And that's wrong. And so like everyone that was like in the upper like one percenter of Twitch, you know, the, the like the really high profile ones all were sort of brought into this now because they're all arguing about, you know, Twitch behavior and what people have done at cons and it was just a giant ass mess. Stuff came up that like Trainwreck was actually paying off Twitch employees with money that he was making from the slots, which might have also been why they weren't, you know, cracking down on gambling at all. Uh-huh. The lobbyist approach. Yeah, it it it, it was a giant ass mess. And then there was like, so basically all this was going on and basically under, in 48 hours, a bunch of shit was kicked up and then Twitch announced that they were banning gambling. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know all, I was just like, oh, okay, that's a weird notice. Thanks Twitch for letting me know, but that's all. And I just kind of walked away not knowing like why that was okay. So there was a lot of drama that led up to that little thing, that notice. Yeah. Just, hey, clarification. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I think this is a good move for Twitch. Gambling shouldn't be on a platform that you know young people can watch without any supervision. I'm not against gambling as a whole, but like there's a reason it's heavily regulated, and these uh, crypto slots that, that that they use are not regulated in the slightest. They're in countries that have no regulation. They're banned in the U.S., which is why everyone that operates them doesn't live in the U.S. when they're they're playing these slots. One guy who lives in the U.S. literally goes to Mexico and streams and then comes back if he wants to do the slots. So, like, the fact that they're clearly getting around this in ways, yet still trying to keep their audience makes me be on the side of, like, this needs to be banned and regulated in some way. Hmm. It seems so weird to, like... I mean, Twitch is for entertainment. It passes the time, and people will watch them. There's so much weird stuff out there, I guess. But, like, that's why at first I was like, oh, they must be, like, there's audience interaction or something. But just watching someone else play slots, jeez. I mean... I, it's it's really vicarious of like I guess you'd be happy when they win and sad when they lose or what's the the internet is weird yeah yeah the internet is weird I mean yeah and and like the dangerous part is that like a lot of it like you have that case of like the one guy who went down the rabbit hole but like they're being sponsored by these people so like mm-hmm. they're getting free money to gamble on this but the people they're advertising to aren't getting that free money. 
And so it just, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's a good thing that they banned it, of course. Then Twitch today got around that goodwill by making a truly terrible decision and not giving Twitch streamers uh, 50 or more than 50, 50 uh, revenue on what they make from subs and whatnot. People have been pushing for 70, 30 because, you know, the creators do 90% of the work uh, to get their audience, but Twitch insists on doing 50, 50 and yeah. Anyway, long story short, Twitch was good for like 24 hours and then they got themselves back into the doghouse. Uh, but we don't need to go into that. And yeah, that's that's it. That's an episode. Yay. Yay. We, we got one in the can. We got one in the can. So Harvey Z, where can they find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Make Me a Harvey Z. You can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. You can find our podcast at Make Me a Podcast. You can always email us at makemeagamerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find our writings at my writings at atmusweapon.com. That is it for us. We have covered everything we needed to cover in a week. So what will we talk about next week? Tune in to find out. I mean, will Harvey Z go even more extreme into the depths of his horseradish tasting? (laughs) Will he actually finish beating a game and report in next week? Will there be more Twitch drama? Who knows? Same Z time. Say, I Didn't I have a catchphrase? I could have sworn in like season one or two I had something like this at the end. Like same Z time or same Z. Maybe it's on a fireside chat. Hmm. Z you later. Ah, damn it. I should have done that years ago. Is that something? Z you later. It can be. I feel like, I don't know, if, is it cheap? Oh, we're workshopping this. We need to, we can't workshop things at the end. It's okay to workshop things at the beginning because then they have to listen to the rest. Now they're just like, what the fuck are we still doing here? Like, yeah, leave, leave the theaters. Go, go. I didn't even get to say Harvey Z, take us out. You just oh, wait. went. We're still going. Oh, shit. I'll be quiet.